Genesis chapter 18. I saw a fly flying around and Bill's trying to sing there. Reminded me, fellow's preaching and the bug kept flying around, finally flew in his mouth and he just swallowed and kept on preaching. Quoted the scripture, he was a stranger and I took him in. So. Anyway, thought Bill's gonna do that there for a little bit. <laughs> Genesis 18, verse 17, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and, they, and his household after him. They shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. May we pray. Our Father, as I bow in your presence, I thank you for your eternal word. I thank you for the privilege to preach for these that have come. Lord, you know what we need today. And I pray, O oh God, that you would bless the service, bless the word, and meet the need of every heart. Save any be lost and revive your people. Revive my own heart, Lord, and draw us closer to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you about what makes a good father. This is Father's Day. You know, I believe one of the greatest compliments could be paid to a man is that he be classified as a good father. And not all fathers would fall in this category. Uh, some believe that uh, prestige, popularity, power, the pocketbook, or pleasure are marks of being a good father, and none of them are. Uh, but these are the things that the world strives for. We have good fathers in the Bible spoken of. Uh, example of Abraham here. Uh, God classified as a good father. Joshua said, As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Uh, there are others who were good men but poor fathers. Eli, for instance, in 1 Samuel 3 was a priest, a good man, but a poor father. Samuel uh, failed in, in, with his children, chapter 8 of 1 Samuel. And David, David, a good man, a man after God's own heart, but we find that he came up lacking in this area of fatherhood. Well, what makes a good father anyway? First of all, Christ. You can't be a good father without Jesus, <laughs> Or you can't be, you can be a better father with Jesus. Maybe I should say it that way. Certainly uh, a person that would lead their children to hell would not be classified as a good father. And so it's important to know Christ. Acts 7, 32 says, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. This is the uh, same verse is used, quoted by Jesus in Matthew 22, 32. Uh, but he adds a great truth. God is not the father of the dead, but of the living. And uh, I, I love that verse. And in the context, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob have been dead for centuries. But God said he's the God of the living. 
And he also said, he didn't say I was the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, which would be uh, correct English, I guess. But uh, in, uh, he said, I am the God of Abraham. You see, Abraham's still around, isn't he? In fact, in Luke 16, when uh, the rich man went to hell and he lifted up his eyes and he saw Lazarus over there in Abraham's bosom carried on conversation with Abraham. So uh, uh, Jesus was correct when he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. But the point I want to make today is it all started with Abraham. Abraham made a choice to turn from idolatry, to turn from his heathen religion, to follow a God that had revealed himself to him and, and believed in this God. And he, he made that choice and he made, made that decision. Likewise, his son followed in the footsteps of his daddy. Then his grandson, Jacob, followed in, in his footsteps. You know, it pays to serve God, doesn't it? It pays several generations many times. And yet those who make a choice to leave God out of their life, they, uh, they have the opposite results. A good father is, uh, what makes a good father is Christ. Starting there with the grandfather, the father, and the son. Well, you know, character. Uh, character is what you really are. Character is what you do when nobody's looking. Of course, God's always looking. His eyes are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Character is what you would do if you knew you would, you'd never be caught. Uh, you know, reputation is what men think we are. Character is what we really are. And we lack character in lives today. You can't build character without Christ. That's, that's the failing of the, of the school system. Uh, is they, they wonder why they have a lack of character in young people. Well, when you leave God out, that's what you end up with, people with no character. And uh, so Christ makes a good father. I read the story of three, three little boys, and they were bragging about their daddies. One of them says, my dad knows the mayor of this town. And he's kind of proud of that, and and the other little boys said, that's nothing. My dad knows the governor of our state. Third little boy said, that's nothing. Said, my daddy knows God. <laughs> you can't get any higher than that, can you? <laughs> His dad was a preacher. And he said, my dad knows God. Well, a good father. You want to be a good father? Make sure the Lord has the proper place in your life. Then second of all, what makes a good father is a companion, a good companion. You know, many people mess up in this area. Be careful who you marry. Uh, I hope you got uh, Bill's little joke there. <laughs> I heard some delayed laughter. <laughs> but uh, uh, someone said, if a child of God marries a child of the devil, you'll have, they'll have problems with their father-in-law, so... <laughs> So don't marry a child of the devil. <laughs> but uh, a good companion is a blessing. 
He that findeth a, a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. But have the blessing of God upon your marriage is certainly a blessing to say the least. And to have the blessing of God is to, uh, to make God's choice, to have God's choice in your life, to find God's choice. A good companion. If you don't have a good wife, father doesn't have a good wife, it's hard to fulfill the responsibility that they need to fulfill. Well, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And I've talked about this many times, about what love really is. Love is giving. Don't marry anybody that you're not willing to give yourself for. You care more about them than you care about yourself. And many people marry for lust and they pay, they, they pay the consequences as a result. Marry for love. And God has someone there for you if you're a young person. Husbands, love your wives. A good companion makes a good father. And uh, you know, uh, you need to see uh, see a wife as a mother. What kind of mother will this, will this uh, lady make, this girl make? Uh, you need not only to see them as a wife, but see them as a mother. And so a, a good companion. Then children. What makes a good father is children. It's kind of hard to be a father and not have children, isn't it? And uh, so that kind of goes along with it. Uh, so uh, children. Let's, let's open our Bibles to Psalm 127. Turn there, please. Psalm 127. And that's page 663. Psalm 127, page 663. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Well, that's a great and true statement there. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, Eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. It's a very, you know, the Bible is a very practical book. Uh, you know, they say us, they're telling us we don't get enough sleep. The average person don't get enough sleep. And the Lord says here, it's vain. It's vain uh, to, you know, not to get sufficient rest. Anyway, it goes, verse 3, Lo, children are in heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the wound is his reward. You know, uh, as far as uh, as far as the world's concerned, uh, I talked to an insurance man one time. He said, "Children are a liability, but I think they're an asset." People say, "I can't afford children." Well, you can't ever afford them. <laughs> they're a liability <laughs> in in dollars and cents. But the Bible said they're a gift from God. They're the heritage of the Lord. And God, uh, God uh, counts that a blessing. The, the, uh, the Jewish mother counted it a great blessing to have a child. The fruit of the wound is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. You know something about arrows? Uh, arrows have to be fashioned. You know, you just don't go out in the woods and, and, and uh, you know, 
say, there, well, there, there's an arrow tree. I'm going to gather some arrows off this arrow tree. No, arrows have to be fashioned. Of course, now they're made out of aluminum and, and carbon and, and various, various metals are used to make arrows, but in, in days gone by, they were made out of sticks and wood. But they had to be fashioned. So children have to be, have to be fashioned. God says you need to teach the children the ways of the Lord. Now, verse 5, Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with enemies in the gate. So God, uh, God said to have children is a blessing. To be a father, to have children is a blessing from the Lord. And to have a quiver full is good. Children, well, they're certainly more important than worldly goods. I was number four in my family of five. Uh, you know, in China, I think in China today, you can only have two children, is that right? Seemed like I read that somewhere because of the population explosion there. Well, uh, you know, children, children are, are uh, a blessing. I've shared this story with you before, but I'll tell it again. Uh, this pastor, he had, had his preschool class draw, say he was going to use this illustration in a sermon. So he had all, a class of preschool children. He said, I want you to draw a picture of God. And said they, he got some pictures, uh, clouds and rainbow and men with big hands and stuff. And uh, he says his own little daughter came to him and uh, handed, handed her, her picture to him and before he could say anything, uh, you know, she had drawed, drew a picture of, uh, uh, of a man with a tie on, a suit and a tie. And she said, uh, I didn't know what God looked like so I just drew a picture of my daddy instead. Well, you know, it's, it's been said that a child's attitude about God will be determined by their attitude toward their father. That's quite a responsibility, isn't it, men? To be that kind of, that kind of influence that I want, I want to be such a person that I influence my children for God, that my children will grow up to love God and serve God. Uh, so the Bible says they'll be without natural affection. Do you hear about, my wife is telling me about, uh, about the, the mother that put her child in an oven now you tell me what kind of mother could do that. And of course that mother that drowned all her children in the bathtub. You know, what's wrong? What, what happens in the mind? What, what happens to a person that is without natural affection that could do that? But we see it happening, don't we? You know, uh, responsibility. Uh, is it comes with with being a father. Any anybody can bring a child into the world. It's normal, but not not a lot of people are good fathers. To be a father means I'm going to accept the responsibility of fatherhood. The Bible says in First Timothy five eight. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house. 
He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That's, that's a serious charge. The Bible said if, if, a, if a man won't take care of his children, he's worse than an infidel. What, who is an infidel? An infidel says there's no God. Lives as if there's the fool said in his heart there is no God. Lives as if there is no God. And so it's a responsibility to care for them and provide for them. That responsibility. A little story about uh, the man, say he remembered when he was a little boy. And he went, he was, had his, his, had his little bed next to his, and his parents there in their big bed. He said, before he went to sleep, he said, Father, are you there? He said, yes, my son, I'm here. He said, I turned over and went to sleep because I felt secure. He said, now a father of 70 years old looks up to heaven and says, Father, are you there? And he says, yes, son, I'm here. And he says, I can go to sleep then. Aren't you glad there's a heavenly Father that's looking after us? And that's always there, always there for us. What makes a good father? Christ. What makes a good father? A good companion, a good wife. What makes a good father? Children. Then what makes a good father? Church. You ought to be a good father, be in church. I'm glad that I grew up in a family where church was an integral part of our life. Where it was not considered a hardship to walk over a mile to church each way. And the road would be full of people walking. And you get there 30 minutes an hour before service took up. My Uncle Charles, he had a car. And I can remember that car packed full and people hanging on the running boards. <laughs> Going to church. We used to go to revival meetings, you know, a good ways off. I mean, if, if, uh, he had a revival in a church in another community. It was nothing for people to walk and go to that revival. Walk back after the revival is over, after dark, and think nothing about it. Well, you know, those, those days, uh, you know, helped form me into what I am. And, and the fact that church is a very important part of my life. And I think we need to instill that in young people, instill that in their, in their minds, that church is number one. I wonder what we're teaching our children when we let things interfere with church. We need to weigh the importance and the eternal effect it's going to have upon their life. I believe in church. I, you know, when I was, when I was growing up, uh, everything, everything in the community is centered around church. That was the integral part of that community was the church and the fellowship of the church. Now we've kind of gotten away from that. 
but you want to be a good father. You want your children to grow up, to love God and to serve God. Keep them in church and let them know that church is important in their life. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 2.11, as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. Exhorting, comforting, and charging. You know, uh, uh, with, with a father comes the responsibility of teaching and training. You know, in many homes, a mother has to take that responsibility. But God puts it on the shoulders of the father. Teach your children. Talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. I can remember discussions with my children. And they would, uh, uh, they, they were interested and talked about uh, the things of God and about heaven and, and the, new, the glorified body. And, and they were inquisitive and wanting to know about those things. About, about the, what's, what's going to happen down the road. I'm glad I had opportunity and I'm glad they were interested in, in the things of God. Well, you know, you, when, when they were a couple of weeks old, they were in church. And, and they, they never missed unless they were sick. You know what makes a good father? Church. Then what makes a good father? The company. Be careful who you run with. B.R. Lincoln said, if you lie down with the dogs, you're going to get up with the fleas. What was he saying? You become like the people you associate with. You tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you what kind of person you are. That's Lee Robinson. He's still preaching in his 90s, I think. Just keeps going. <laughs> But he was pastor at Highland Park there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and, and founded the college there. And, and a young man went there to train for the ministry. And, and uh, he said he got all the, the uh, freshmen entering college together and got up and said, The first thing he said, Young men, watch your company. Be careful who you run with. And anyway, he, he graduated, went on to be a pastor and preach for years, and his son was called to preach, and he went to school there. He said he took him over there and, and uh, said he got up in chapel. First thing he said, young man, watch your company. <laughs> you know what he was saying, don't you? You better be careful who you run with. Be careful who you associate with. And the uh, Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. The Bible says in Exodus 25, He visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Be careful who you run with. When God saves a person, He says, He says, You need to get you a new crowd. That's why you established the church, one reason. I want you to get around people that love God. I want you to associate with that kind of people. Fellowship with that kind of people. That makes a good father. I want to be a good father. I hope you do. 
most of most of my work's done and I live with the results of it as a father. Many of us, are, our children are grown. We have grandchildren. And, uh, but uh, to be a good father is a blessing. I'm going to close with this illustration. It came out in the CLA paper two or three years ago and I've used it before. But the story is that this little fellow, he was the smallest, smallest in the class. But he, he loved to play football. And so he gave, gave his whole heart, gave everything he had to play football. And he sat on the bench all through his high school career and never got to play in the game. And all through his college days, he sat on the bench and never got to play a game. But his father faithfully came to every game, supported his son. His college team was in the playoffs. And as they were facing the playoffs, his dad died. And of course, nobody expected on Saturday for that young man to show up for the game, but he did. And they got behind in the game, and the little fellow went to the coach, and he, he said, I, I've just got to play today. Coach says, how can I put the worst player in the whole team in the game? But because of his persistence, he decided to give the fellow a chance to let him go in. And when he went in, he played like he'd never played before. And in the final seconds, he intercepted a pass and run for the winning touchdown. And no one could believe their eyes. And the coach, as the young man said, you know, what happened? How could you play like that? He says, well, coach, my dad came to all my games. But today is the first day the first time that he could see me play because my dad was blind and today he could see me play and I wanted to prove to my dad that I could really play. Let's bow our heads, please.